welcome to the Podclots. Today we have renowned lighting and visual artist Marcel Weber, maybe better known as MFO. Marcel has been creating and directing audiovisual performances, installations and video works since 2001, and his work has a very distinctive aesthetic concerned with memory and perception. It highlights the architectural elements of performance spaces with powerful experimental visual narratives, juxtaposing the work of some of the world's most renowned electronic musicians. Marcel works also lays between the analog and the digital, employing all media like projectors and film and lenses against digital compositions and generative software. Some of the artists he's collaborated with are names such as Rolly Porter, Tim Hecker, Ben Frost and Co9. And actually, for last year and sound, he prepared the visual component for Rolly Porter's new show, inspired by solitary ice landscapes and which culminated in a blinding strobe crescendo. During Unsound, he managed to find some free time in his busy schedule to chat with us just before the weekend got crazy, as he's also the lighting designer for the whole festival, something he's been doing since almost the very beginnings. Sitting outside Baralchimia in Krakow's lively Kazimierz Jewish Quarter, we had time to go through his works and creative process and why his artistic practices take much on the crossover with technology and science. Let's listen to what he told us. I started with DJing a very long time ago and from there grew into playing more performance-oriented work and at some point incorporating light as well to get what I am now, which I struggle to describe, <laughs> lighting and video artist, I guess, something like this. And yeah, my interest foremost is to create an experience together with musicians, like it's an audiovisual experience. And naturally, I mean, I grew up with a lot of science fiction context. And that's why I think I have an interest in science, sciences, strong interest in psychology as well, and history too, but history doesn't match that much. It doesn't blend that much into my work. Yeah, like regarding like what you want to achieve with your performances, do you, um, expect to to create some kind of synesthetic experience when, when you create your projects with the sound artists? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Synesthetic experience. Absolutely following this idea of Gesamtkunstwerk, the Wagnerian mm -hmm. idea of like all your senses are tickled, uh -huh. so to speak. That's totally very important. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't stop at audio and visual. It also incorporates to approach the room in the right way, mm -hmm. like a room reverberates so much, a room tells so much and for the future I would, I mean we had already projects where there's also like a smell involved, like this mm -hmm. ephemera project, uh, yeah. that's another sense to be tickled and of course there's also haze and haze and smoke do mm -hmm. much more than just the visual experience, they also disorientate, they create a different sense for how you perceive the room, so all of that is, is very yeah. important to my work and all of that is ideally is to be choreographed. Yeah, I guess I mean, in, in ephemera that like you almost like block your your, yeah. your, your visual site, well, not, not that you block it, but you change it so much. Yeah. And then that's like, yeah, like, and it yeah. it, it makes the other yeah. the other senses be yeah. more aware. Yeah. And also like this changing how you see a space, like, yeah. or you perceive a space of, the space yeah. of a room. Absolutely, yeah. And um, yeah. or, or what artists have inspired you? It's not so much artists inspiring uh, me, it's it's really it's the world like mm -hmm. when you when you when you go climb mountains or you mm -hmm. you go to the sea there's always some 
touch of this what nature gives us which feels amazing and overwhelming and just try to extract that I guess but mm -hmm. in the end when working on a project it's just at best it just flows so it's really hard to say where the inspiration came from in the first place you just you know you just perceive you just perceive a world with open eyes <laughs> open ears and open nose yeah. open senses and open it would sense be more, of touch as you say like it yeah. would be more nature or like architecture for example or like constructions no, that it would be more nature for me. Mm -hmm. But another source of inspiration is clearly sign like of, of worldly things. I would say like two very important inspiration is literature. Mm -hmm. Like not only science fiction, it's also a lot of classical literature. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a big fan of Thomas Mann's work and reading a lot of Bertolt Brecht these days. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is painting. I actually love painting a lot. See, in, in paintings, there's mm -hmm. so many things that are that have been done with with the pigment with like how uh -huh. colors shine and how how forms have been abstracted in, mm -hmm. in interesting ways that somehow have a psychedelic aspect to it uh -huh. and really touch some deeper sense in you mm -hmm. that's something i find highly interesting so like but like um conceptual con conceptual painting would be like your, like your yeah, favorite one yeah, or expressionist like expressionist mm -hmm. impressionist as well uh -huh. I, I wouldn't nail it down to a specific style it's more uh -huh. like just um yeah also for different projects, different things are interesting to look at. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we had this question of like your practice, when it's more, it's either video or uh, a light, more mm -hmm. light or a uh, uh, laser show. Is like, do you have the same starting point in designing it? Or is it, is it a similar process or intellectual process? Or is it very, is I a guess, little bit different? I guess it is a similar process usually involves a lot of talk in first in first place it's a lot of talking talking with people and thinking of what inspires us and for me it's also listening to the music a lot and get a feeling for what I think fits to the music if I work with a collaborator with a musical collaborator if it's more like uh, meeting on similar ground then it's mostly talking about topics that interest us mm -hmm. and then everything I don't know everything falls into place usually yeah it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It just comes together naturally. The magic happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, magic <laughs> the magic happens. It's really uh -huh. not. It's not a technical process in that sense. Mm. It just you have certain ideas, and then you find the technology to express them. Okay. So, mm -hmm. say that's that's the way, and maybe that's the reason why my work is so highly uh, on different fields and different technologies and different aesthetics. The ability to adapt them to what yeah. to what expresses. Yeah. Better yeah, what you I mean, there are certain tools I come back to because they're just they fit the production workflow. But to create the actual base footage, so to speak, it's all across the board. But I, I mean, one thing to to be said maybe is I don't do that much generative programming. I, I usually more into filming and processing when it comes to visuals. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about? Uh um, uh, this collaboration with uh, with Rolly Porter? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a. It was based. It was based on Rolly's new album, Third mm -hmm. Law, and also based on a conversation about um, and strong interest in what is happening these days, which is like how we perceive the world, which is more and more through devices. Like think of devices that are meant to augment our reality. And if you think that a little bit forward, it suddenly gives you an idea of... Um, you can almost get a re remote vision into the world through those devices. You don't, you're, you're less and less depending on your inbuilt senses. And you get more and more into the realm of 
perceiving everything through devices, tools, toys. Like for example, there's this blind man who can, so to speak, see again through a system called Argos 2, which is which is a camera. It's a camera system sitting in glasses and. A, um, some sort of electrical transmitter being implemented in the in the in the nerve the, behind the eye. So apparently this man can see again, and he doesn't need his eyes anymore because he's oh, wow, blind, yeah. so his eyes uh -huh. doesn't work. So we were thinking about these processes a lot, and then thinking it even further. Like um, there's drones in this world; they are omnipresent; they're everywhere, and drones are and all sorts of vehicles, like also the Mars Land Rover and stuff. They are not bound to the limitations of our physical body, so they mm. can go to places that we could never go to. They can experience the world in a way that we could physically never do it. And that means if that input is given to the, to the human self, what would that open up in your mind? How would you perceive reality? How would you perceive the world? And yeah, we were just thinking of, of, of these processes. And if these processes also especially are distorted, if you get more information than you can process. If, your device experiences something that, as a human, you don't have no referential framework for, that you can't understand. How would what that would that mean? And that's basically what we are mm -hmm. trying to express in this performance. So it's like continuous movement. It's like bombarding the senses with information, mm -hmm. and it is like going through this surreal dream world, like experience that ultimately fuses into this personal experiences of strobing lights as a hypnotic part where mm -hmm. I ask the audience to close their eyes. Yeah, I think it links very well with also like um, something I read in your in your uh, webpage and like in your info mm -hmm. that like so like you're interested in this idea of like a spe speculative futures. Yeah. And uh, also like how you imagine the future of visual arts. Like if you, if you would make a prediction. Oh, that's a really difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this at this time and age, everything became so, I say, low fluid. Uh -huh. Like there's no really styles and epochs anymore. As everything mm. is melting and merging, and um, well, you think trends, trend, trends become micro trends, mm. and it's like everything well, yeah. is changing all the time. So I find it really difficult mm. to predict. But yeah, I guess it will get more to a, a holistic experience, mm. more and more towards an. What's your your take or your view on like on um, virtual reality or this like uh, immersive? Experience. Theoretically interesting, in reality doesn't interest me that much, uh -huh. what, what we see now, but I think it will become... Is it the setup that is very individualistic yeah, as I well? Think, I think the setup is far too, too techy yeah. for me. Maybe that's the well, thing to mention, like I, as much as I use technology and as much as I am inspired by technology, I don't like technical gimmicks on stage or mm. during a performance. I like to hide it uh -huh. and to create an experience out of it, but not Do you think it, it interferes with uh, the yeah. audience? No, oh, heavily, yeah, yeah, heavily, mm. absolutely. No, like, well... So, yeah, it always feels a bit like a gimmick, like a plastic mm. reality presented to you, but not, I don't know, it doesn't really feel like in, like in yeah. it, yeah. It's not real, ultimately. <laughs> also, I've seen some of these virtual reality films, uh -huh. and they don't, they feel like sloppy camera work to me. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, I have to move my head and look at things. Why is not the camera <laughs> man pointing <laughs> yeah. the camera at the interesting thing? Where is yeah, the reaction? Where is the fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. reaction? I guess I guess we've we've been like yeah like pro, not programmed but just like used to just experience like visual yeah. like in a very different way. So like that. Yeah. But it's also 
that's how pieces work, how performances work, mm -hmm. how films work, how everything that is been as an artistic thing presented to people work. That there's someone directing what you're looking at or what you mm -hmm. what you're hearing, what you what you're perceiving, and in the moment where it's in reality around you, and you have to suddenly start to look at things, it feels a bit like out of focus to me. But at, on the same page, I saw some pre-programmed things like new media for a new medium, and it, yeah, those worked really well. Those worked really well. I just didn't like the virtual reality films, uh -huh. but the but the, the specifically made for this medium pieces they actually worked pretty well. Mm -hmm. That was really some interesting new. Uh, I, I saw it in, the last time was in uh, Montreal at a music festival. And I don't remember the names, but they made some sort of interactive short stories, like mm -hmm. animated short stories, where you could with the goggles you were inside the short story and there were some nice approaches to play with it like, uh, like also in terms of like things happening behind you you just there's a shadow occurring in front of you and you suddenly get this idea oh shit oh, I need to look around <laughs> so then I felt like okay that, that makes a lot of sense that's like mm -hmm. playing with this new medium and in your practice you incorporate a new and old uh, media mm -hmm. yeah a lot a lot and As I, that's what I said. Like it's all across the board. Uh -huh. I'm not. I don't feel like restricting to something like real natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Building, like working a lot with oils and liquids and uh -huh. colored tanks and all sorts of mirror constructions mm. and uh, slide project, manipulated slide projectors mm. in the past, film projectors, like everything, like whatever fits the project, whatever gains the experience or the, the aesthetic that mm -hmm. I'm aiming for. It's uh -huh. always more work than I expected, that mm -hmm. I anticipated. It's always far more work, but as an example, the one with Roddy Porter, the one we're going to mm -hmm. see on Saturday, yeah. um, I had this idea how I wanted to film it, so I went to six or seven places in Germany every time when spending a day or two days. I spent a lot of money on it and the footage never looked right, so time was spent, money was spent didn't get any footage I was happy with. So in the end, two, two weeks before the final performance, I flew to Iceland and filmed filmed in Iceland because I knew that there would be the right places to go to. And just spend a lot of money to luckily, finally find the right images. But it's a struggle. It's not, you know, it's, I, I don't have that much money that I can easily say like, yeah, whatever, I fly to Iceland. It was like a hard, hard decision after, after spending already mm -hmm. so much in trying to get the right places in Germany. Yeah, and what we, we always ask like um, some like pro Prostian questions, and there's one that fits very well with what you were saying now. That is um, how, you co how you manage with uh, creative frustration. I don't know, there's usually enough pressure to do, get just, over yeah. it. <laughs> just do know. it, just get into it. Yeah, I mean... Um, find a way. It's <laughs> a good question, because of course you have blockades, or not blockades, but you have moments where everything looks bad what you're mm -hmm. doing and you're not never satisfied but I just keep on going uh -huh. I just keep on There's trying different approach, different, mm -hmm. different approach different approach I guess that was the thing with yeah. flying to Iceland I mean there were months months I spent trying to get it right yeah. mm -hmm. and of course not only going to places and filming but also treating it later on in the computer and trying yeah, and trying and trying months and months and months and it's like ah, it all looks crap <laughs> it's yeah, frustrating it's but just it's keep on going in a way it's a very common treat trait from like about artists and also yeah. scientists, like repeat things until or change them, and yeah. then until you just yeah, yeah. absolutely until you, also get, until you get what you yeah. what you and it even like, has to be that way because uh, at least at least for me it was like always that mm -hmm. way and it always has to be and in the end you create something that you didn't foresee mm -hmm. you didn't really it wasn't your initial idea mm -hmm. aesthetically but it just 
works because uh, you you wrestled with the idea for so long <laughs> that eventually it is yeah, yeah and um, you yeah, enemy of creativity or the main enemy of creativity or things that get in the way <laughs> it's like if you have to do commercial work to mm -hmm. sustain yourself that would be the main enemy but luckily I'm at a point now where I don't have to do commercial jobs anymore so so far it's all it's all great no enemies uh, surfaced again but I would say yeah commercial jobs mm -hmm. I'd say because of like, the theme of the year is, is this location mm -hmm. if you could tell us your image of this location or an image of this location um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would say first, first of all, this new project is is perfectly mm -hmm. dislocation, because it is like the separation okay. of mind and experience, which is remote presence, remote vision, out of which also means out of body experience. Mm -hmm. It has so many, it has so many different ways to approach dislocation actually. But more than that, I'm looking forward to new projects that will hopefully knocking on wood yeah <laughs> even so it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> uh, that will happen hopefully next year mm -hmm. um, in collaboration with unsound well i will go to uh, certain places with uh -huh. a few musicians and we'll start to work on some interesting new projects cool well, but we'll i don't want to spoil no no no, no. <laughs> especially no, not no, no, as no, it's no, not decided not, not jinx not jinx <laughs> but that's we, the we other way of dislocation is like cross cross cultural experiences uh -huh. really get out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. out of the usual see. framework yeah. of Presenting Would you change media like uh, to push you a little bit further? Not not like massively, like yeah. a massive change, but something that you're not. I think I do all the time. Okay, but I'm I'm also looking forward. I mean, I'm looking forward to this. So this year seems to be the year where I'm was fighting the most with fog and smoke <laughs> to get it into the right shape. There's so many parameters to it which make it really difficult to... I mean, the, the, the Mecca show in a way was easiest because you just filled it up. Mm -hmm. But if you want to have it more localized, if you want to have more plumes instead of even spread, or you want to have more an even spread of fog mm -hmm. and so on and so on and so on, there's much to work and elaborate on. But for the future, I could also work, imagine to work with temperature, for example. Uh -huh. You can use CO2 to cool down a room or can use mm -hmm. heating machines. Would be That's really good. interesting. Yeah. I still would love to continue to work with uh, scents to go the next mm -hmm. step and we work on scent journeys. That would be something. Yeah. So that's yeah. all ways to mm -hmm. you know, get to a more physical yeah. body wise experience uh, of, of a performance yeah, 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 yeah. and mm -hmm. to yeah, like lots of things to explore. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's <laughs> still so much to explore. And um, like that um, um, the project with uh, with Steve Goodman that uh, yeah. that like, like like this re Redoing of La, La Jete. Yeah. yeah, I would love to go there again. I would mm. actually love to follow up on that way of storytelling uh -huh. because that was one of the many aspects. So it was to try to find a new way of storytelling, an audiovisual way of storytelling. So we had this rhythm between moments of moments of audiovisual improvisation mm -hmm. and and like pounding, like rattling the seats, <laughs> uh, and and moments where it's falling into storytelling again where Jessica came in was like reading the story and uh, telling the story to the audience one of the aspects and of course there's many more aspects of like the bent the story and uh -huh. so on but yeah I would love to return to that mode of presenting so, like, audiovisual one, one of the main aims of that project was like the, the narrative like just to find another absolutely, yeah. okay mm. yeah we had um, 
we wrote this new this new story, this new narrative, yeah. mm -hmm. which was from the point of view of the woman in the yeah. original film, and in instead of her being a returning point for his story, like in the original mm -hmm. film, we suddenly had her as the main character and him spiraling okay. around around mm -hmm. her, her and her storyline and recurring, disappearing. And I yeah. thought it was, I th it was a really nice. It was also yeah. a really nice exploration of that original story and see where mm -hmm. it can go while being truthful to uh, to Chris Marcus. Original, uh, yeah, ideas in mm -hmm. a way of at least what we think his ideas uh -huh. were in his way, his story. Yeah, I think I thought it was a beautiful yeah, piece. Yeah. I'm a bit sad we didn't have more shows of it, mm -hmm. but yes. I guess it was so much in between the established uh, scenes yeah. that was difficult to book Double. it. Mm -hmm. But I would also add that every audiovisual work is always site-specific to some extent. It's never mm -hmm. the same work, it's never exactly the same presentation. Mm -hmm. Of course you have core ideas and try to make it happen, but at the same time you also adjust to the space. And Depending on the project it's more or less mm -hmm. the adjustment. But mm -hmm. When you bring like the same, the same show like, yeah, like to like two different places, like yeah. how... How much preparation do you need to adapt to, adapt it to the new to the new um, space? Are the spaces uh -huh. that that different, or like you or you try to look spaces I that you can, yeah, that, that you can play with your yeah. parameters in a in a way that it's not that. No, it's, that it's usually a lot of work. Actually, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's first of all looking at plans and looking at photos mm -hmm. from the space, and usually preparing some sort of floor plan mm -hmm. for the venue. To like first imagining the space, then changing the setup according to the place and sending them a floor plan and then when getting there it's usually like it's like I think there's many projects that just go there smash mm -hmm. their stuff on the table it's like yeah running okay. good done and don't adjust mm -hmm. at all but I, I, yeah, I mean I'm I'm anyway not too much into this kind of traveling rock and roll band idea yeah. of like every night a different no, town no, no. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. I rather like to get the best out of every specific venue and every specific place and also f sheer egoism like to see the like, like to see the city and <laughs> like to of see course, the place yeah. and not After Unsound, we caught up again with Marcel in Berlin, where he told us about his many coming new projects. There's a collaboration with Liz Harris, aka Grouper, which took them to remote Siberian lands and that they will be presenting in this year's edition of Unsound Krakow. There's also a new tour and other surprising projects. It looks like a busy year ahead for Marcel. And um, the next show will be the last of our Unsound series. We hope you join us again. Until then. <laughs>